The New Testament reading is taken from Luke chapter 23 verse 50 to chapter 24 verse 12. Now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action, and he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever yet been laid. It was a day of preparation and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened, bowed their faces to the ground. The men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James and other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marvelling at what had happened. Here ends the New Testament reading. It is really good to see you. My name is Ben Pryke, and I'm the assistant minister here at St. Joseph's. And let me say a very happy Easter to you, a happy Resurrection Day. Uh, it's the greatest day in history, and it's so good to be celebrating it with you here today, uh, whether you're here in the building uh, or watching online. Uh, it's great to be celebrating with you. This is the day that changed everything. And today, I want us to think a bit more about why it is such an incredible day. Now, I don't know about you, uh, but I've got a, a terrible memory, uh, or maybe a selective memory. Uh, and my wife is constantly saying to me, I remember what I told you. I remember what I told you about picking the kids up from nursery. Oh, dear. Remember what I told you, that it's your mum and dad's wedding anniversary? Oh dear. Remember what I told you, that we're having steak tonight? Oh yes. Excellent. It can be difficult to remember what people have told us, can't it? Uh, and sometimes it can be difficult, uh, not just because we forget, uh, but maybe because uh, we struggle to trust them, uh, or we struggle to understand what they've said. And... Uh, the people in our passage today uh, needed reminding that they could trust what God had said, uh, that they could trust uh, the amazing things that he had told them. Uh, and in a year with so many ups and downs like the one that we've had, uh, we need to be reminded of that as well this morning. And uh, maybe we need to hear it for the first time this Easter. The first person uh, that we come across in the passage today is a man named Joseph. Uh, from the Jewish town of Arimathea. Uh, all of the gospel writers mention where Joseph was from. They didn't want there to be any confusion. Uh, and even the most skeptical scholars uh, regard him as a historical figure. But who is he? Well, verse 50 uh, tells us that he's 
a Jewish leader. Uh, in fact, he's a member of the, the very Jewish council that had condemned Jesus. Uh, but Joseph, we read, had not consented. He didn't want Jesus killed. Uh, we're told that he is a good and righteous man, uh, and he was looking for the kingdom of God. And it's clear, isn't it, uh, that Joseph uh, uh, meant a lot to uh, Jesus meant a lot to Joseph uh, because Joseph plucks up the courage to go and see uh, the Roman governor Pilate. It was brave of him to be willing to associate himself with a man who had been condemned by the very council that Joseph sat on. Historical sources tell us that uh, it was Roman policy that uh, in some situations uh, the body would be allowed to be given to a a member of the family or a friend. Uh, And we know that Pilate knew that Jesus was innocent. Uh, And so it makes sense that he would have allowed Jesus' body uh, to be given to a a respectable member of society who knew Jesus. And so we read in verse 53 that Joseph uh, took the body down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever yet been laid. Uh, It says it was the day of preparation and the Sabbath was beginning. Joseph must have held Jesus in really high regards for him to give Jesus his own tomb. Maybe he had even thought that Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah, uh, the one who would bring the kingdom of God that he was waiting for. But now that hope had been extinguished and his only comfort must have been that he could at least honour Jesus with a proper burial. Now none of this was done in secret. We read in verse 55 that some women followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body had been laid. Uh, Unlike Joseph, these women had known Jesus uh, right back from his Galilean days. Uh, They'd followed uh, Jesus the 125 kilometers from Galilee to Jerusalem, uh, expecting great things, uh, expecting that Jesus would proclaim that he was the coming king, the promised king. But instead, they have had to witness Jesus' awful crucifixion. They're still in shock. They're depressed, they're mourning, they're without hope. They probably uh, quietly applauded Joseph's actions uh, in organizing a decent burial for Jesus, but they're still overcome with grief. Jesus was well and truly dead. He had been crucified uh, and his side pierced with a spear to make doubly sure. Uh, Joseph and the women had no anticipation of him rising. All they wanted to do was honor him with a proper burial. And so on the first day of the week, uh, the Sunday for them, we read in chapter 24, verse 1, uh, that at early dawn, they, uh, the women, went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. And they're greeted with a huge surprise. Uh, the stone that they expected to be covering the tomb uh, was rolled away. Uh, And when they went in, there was no body in there. Now, it's easy to think that uh, they must have jumped straight to the conclusion, Jesus has risen from the dead. But that idea would have have been as ridiculous to them as it is to us. I mean, imagine uh, going to visit a loved one uh, in a a cemetery to take some flowers. And um, uh, the idea that there would be an empty grave... Uh, And if there was the idea that 
oh, that you would straight away think they had risen from the dead. That's ridiculous. It's not the first thing that would be on your mind. And so the women are perplexed, uh, as you would be. But suddenly, two men stand in front of them in dazzling apparel. Later in the chapter, Luke calls them angels. And they radiated the splendor of God. And the women were understandably terrified. Uh, They bow their faces to the ground. And then we get to the crunch point. The angel says, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man, meaning Jesus, must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. Here are the five words that I want you to remember from this morning. Uh, Five words that I want you to remember uh, every day of your life. Remember how he told you. Remember how he told you. You see, in this chapter of Luke, uh, we're given three little true stories uh, about people being confronted with Jesus' resurrection. Uh, There's uh, here in the tomb, uh, there's Jesus uh, on the road to Emmaus, uh, and then there's him appearing to the disciples in Jerusalem. Uh, And every single time, uh, they're perplexed, they're confused, and yet they're told to remember God's words. Remember how he told you. Uh, And I want to point us to three amazing, uh, joyful things that they are told that first Easter. Three amazing things that we can rejoice in this Easter, uh, so uh, much later. And the first one is this. uh, Remember how he told you that this was God's plan all along. The angel says, remember how he told you that he would be crucified and on the third day rise. He is risen. You see, if we're going to understand what happened that first Easter, we need to see that it was God's plan all along for our salvation. Later in the chapter, Jesus appears to the disciples in Jerusalem. And here's what he says to them. These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. I remember what I told you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. Jesus is saying, God promised this all along. Uh, It's in the scriptures that were written hundreds of years beforehand. God promised that he would send a savior, a Messiah, and the resurrection proves that he has done that. Only one sent from God uh, could say that he was going to rise from the dead and then actually do it. I was um, put on some medication uh, recently by a doctor, uh, nothing serious. Uh, But the doctor said, um, uh, now once you take this, you're going to feel pretty rough a couple of days later. Uh, But don't worry because uh, you'll feel better afterwards uh, and you'll feel a whole lot better uh, once you've started taking it. And sure enough, I took the medication and felt pretty rough, but I wasn't worried. It didn't panic me because I knew that it was the plan all along. And when I felt better afterwards, I knew that I could trust 
that doctor. And in a similar way, uh, but on a far, far bigger scale, Jesus is saying, you don't need to worry that I was killed because it was God's plan all along and the resurrection shows that you can trust God. In fact, here's the the joy of Easter. The resurrection shows us that every one of God's promises will be fulfilled. Because if that was God's plan all along, if God was willing to give his only son for us, and if he has the power to raise him from the dead, well, then we can trust that every one of his promises will be fulfilled and will come true. We can even trust what he says about death. Because here's one of his his most amazing promises. He promises that if we trust in Jesus, then we too can be raised to life. Uh, The angel says to women, remember how I told you that death would be defeated, that Jesus would come back to life. I heard uh, someone talking on a podcast the other day and they said that death used to be a taboo subject, but now it's a reality after this year of COVID. Uh, And a Guardian journalist journalist recently wrote, uh, a guy who didn't have a faith, uh, he wrote an article and he said, suddenly fear of serious illness and death and the sense of it all being wholly random and senseless is really, really difficult. And he talked about how hard it is not to have a framework for death. But the Bible tells us that the reason that we feel that death is senseless is that it's an intruder. It's not supposed to be part of this world. It shows us that there is something wrong with this world. You see, it's a verdict of judgment on our sin. The truth is that with or without a global pandemic, Uh, all of us are going to have to go through that door marked death one day. And yet the great news of Easter is that if God can raise Jesus from the dead, uh, then he can raise us as well to new life. Now imagine if uh, just after you've had your Easter lunch today, uh, I rock up at your house uh, and I say, look, I'd love to take you to the to Barbados for the bank holiday. Special trip on me, how class will that be? It'll be mint. Uh, And you're like, this guy has finally lost his marbles. I mean, have you got permission from Boris? Have you got a private jet or some sort of private yacht? Do you even know where Barbados is? How are you gonna get there? It'd be nuts, wouldn't it? And let's face it, it's even more nuts for someone to rock up and say, I can take you through death to life. But Jesus says, I can take you there because I have been through death to life. Uh, Look at my resurrection body. I can take you through death. That's why Paul is able to write as he celebrates that first Easter. He writes, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ.
Remember what he told you. Death has been defeated. But it's not just death that shows us that there's something wrong in the world, is it? And there are so many things uh, that we long to be uh, healed, maybe uh, that we long uh, uh, to be made right. Uh, Maybe it's healing for ourselves. Uh, Maybe it's healing for people we know. Uh, We long for justice, don't we? Uh, Maybe for ourselves uh, or maybe for society as a whole. Uh, I wonder what it is that's at the top of your list uh, as you think about what you want to be made right. Uh, Imagine how hopeless it must have felt for the women, uh, for Joseph, for those disciples. That first Easter, uh, they'd seen such evil. Uh, They'd seen their friend and their master killed, uh, cruelly crucified on the cross. And yet Easter tells us that God was at work, even in all that. Uh, On the cross, God showed us that he was willing to pay an infinite price to make all things right. One commentator writes, he was so committed to bringing us into the light and beauty that he lost all glory and gladness and was plunged into the depths. He went to the cross so that we can know that weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. If Jesus was really and truly raised from the dead, and he was, then everything will finally be all right. We can trust God's promise that he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, from our eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. That first Easter shows us that there will be a dawn after the darkness. The resurrection shows us that those trusting in Jesus have a certain hope that everything will be made right. It is the best news that we could ever hear. Later in the chapter, we read about Jesus appearing on the road to Emmaus. And he says, why are you so slow to believe what God has said by the prophets? Uh, Verse 26, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And Jesus is saying, remember how I told you. Are you going to believe and trust? God's plan is infinitely wise and good. Uh, He alone is trustworthy. And we see that the disciples took that on board, don't we? Uh, we, we see that they went on to live courageous lives for him uh, as they proclaimed Christ. Uh, some of them were even killed, but they never forgot what he had told them and they trusted him. Uh, let's just say that uh, everything goes wrong for you this year. Maybe you feel that it already has gone wrong this past year. Uh, maybe you've uh, lost a job. Maybe it's ill health. Maybe you've lost someone uh, or you miss someone deeply. Uh, Maybe it's the struggle of singleness uh, or the struggle of parenting. 
God has promised that he will be with us now and he has proved that we can trust him. And there, there will be a day when there will be no more pain and mourning and crying. Uh, even over the past things, there's going to be no more regrets. There will be dawn after the darkness. It's been a crazy year for us, hasn't it? There's been so many ups and downs. It's been really difficult, even more difficult than usual, to know uh, who we can trust, uh, what promises we can trust about the future. But when we look to the resurrection and remember what God has told us, we can have certainty and assurance and hope. Uh, We can rest in him and know that we can trust him. Remember how he told you uh, that he had a plan. Remember how he told you that death is defeated. Remember how he told you that there will be dawn after the darkness. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Let's pray. In the book of Philippians, Paul says that the church there, Paul prays that the church there would know the power of the resurrection. And so, Father God, this morning we pray that we wouldn't just know about the resurrection, but we pray that we would deeply know its power so that we can remember what you have promised us and trust you with our lives, uh, living for you uh, and trust you with our own death. Uh, We thank you so much for Jesus' death and resurrection. Thank you, God, for giving us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.